no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to be put into a bag with holes. Verse 7 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Amen for standing for the reading of God's word. Haggai chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. And I'd like to speak with you for a few moments from the thoughts. Consider your ways. Part 2. Consider your ways. Part 2. In part 1, we found that the children of Israel, specifically in the land of Judah, were negligent as it relates to the work of building and making the beauty of the temple of God known. They came up with all kinds of excuses, talking about that the time was not yet, but at the same time, their actions showed the excuses that it was time for them to make their own homes beautiful, while the Lord's home lie in waste. We found that the mentality of the Judeans was a mentality of selfishness. It was all about them, but little about God. And so we found that the problem with the temple being torn down and by this point not being rebuilt is because of a heart problem with the Judeans. They were selfish and their minds were not on the things of the Lord. And we saw how that could translate to the contemporary church and that we can spend so much time and money fixing up our own homes in the suburbs to be beautiful and well manicured while God's house lie in waste. While God's high house lies in a position of needing repair, but yet our homes are running like clockwork. Amen. And we found that the Lord wasn't happy with that at all. And so in our scripture text, today. It reminds me of the days growing up in Texas. As a little boy, I would be out in the fields working with my dad, tending the hogs and tending the cows or working with the cultivators working in the fields. And there were times when I seemed to groan death. Didn't seem like I could really hear my dad. And my dad was from a time when he didn't say very much, but he put a whole lot with it. My dad was, grew up in the 20s and the 30s, so he didn't have a whole lot of time for disobedience. So I found myself at times 
When dad would say something to me one time to do it, I would be deaf on hearing what he said. And suddenly out of nowhere became issues of flying saucers. And I'm not talking about the kind of science fiction movie, but I'm talking about saucers of planks or saucers of who knows what would come flying in the air. I, I remember times when these unidentified flying objects was found out to be maybe a bundle of net wire. Or maybe it was a plank or a switch. But you know what? Today that would probably be called child abuse. But I tell you what, if he hadn't have done that, I truly believe I would not be standing here today. You might have seen my name on America's Most Wanted, or you might have found me in a jail somewhere in Texas. But because of the discipline of my father, I now know what it means to go through the pain of disobedience. And so in this scripture text, we find that our Heavenly Father is not so much different. Our Heavenly Father knows that he can tell us things, but we tend not to do them. And so the Lord applies the rod of correction because he knows that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But that rod of correction will depart it far from it. And so we see our text as it opens up. It says, you have so much and bring in little. We are seeing the discipline of God onto the Judeans before because of their selfishness and their lack of obedience to God in building the temple. See, God has a way of punishing us that no one can stop. They can pass all the laws they want to. They can bring all the military might they would like. But God can overcome them all. And so the Lord has a way of dealing with us in a way that the world cannot even see. They could chalk it up to a drought or, or bad seed. But only the children of God know when it's the Lord working with thee. And so we see the Lord says you have so and bring in little. The Lord has a way of dealing with our investments when we don't invest in the house of the Lord. We don't invest in the things of God. God has a way of dealing with our personal investments. He said, if you are not going to invest in me, then I'm not going to bless your investments for you. So there are some in the contemporary context who has put money in vehicles that should have brought about much gain. Who have found no gain or loss just because they've been negligent toward God. 
Instead of bringing ye all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, that there might be meat in my house. They have taken that and said, I've got to take it and put it for myself. As we talked last week, I, I, I got to worry about my retirement. I got to take care of myself. The Lord saying, you don't ever take care of yourself. I always take care of you. And I'm going to show you by showing that in your own efforts to invest, I'm going to make it fall short so that you may know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. When he instructs us to do something, we ought to be about doing it. Because we can suffer unduly because we have been selfish and apathetic toward the things of God. But this is what I love about the Lord so much. He speaks directly to his people. Here in this Old Testament context, he's speaking to the Judeans. In the contemporary context, he talks to every individual believer in Christ. You will know when nobody else knows why you're going through what you're going through. Because the Lord in his still, quiet voice will keep urging you and saying, when you're having this problem right at the time when you're looking for it and you're in despair, you hear that voice of correction saying, but you forgot about me. Now, how is it today when I've forgotten about you? God loves to use object lessons. And that's what we're seeing here today. Forget about him. He shows you what it means for him to forget about you. So we see that God is the God of our investments. In this, this agricultural perspective, it was with seed. And it reminds me of the text where Paul said that I planted and Apollos watered, but who? God gives the increase. The Lord is saying, hey, you ain't doing nothing on your own. You ain't so smart. You ain't doing and figured it all out. I'll show you who is the Lord of hosts. I'll show you who's the Lord of circumstances. Then I will cause your crops not to reap. Even if you sow over and abundant, you will come back with loss. He is the God of investments. Then the next text turns to our own sustenance, to our own food and drink. Look at what happens here. He says you eat, but you do not have enough. When you're disobedient toward the things of God and taking care of the things that God holds important, he can even dry up your eating. He can dry up you're drinking. You can eat, but you just ain't satisfied. And you eat, and you say, you know, I thought I wanted that to eat, but it's not selling right on my stomach. And the next thing you know, you're, you're dealing with issues in the restroom because God is not allowing you to have satisfaction. There are some who are sick and try to drink, and when they try to drink, they can't keep it down because of their disobedience to God. But only the individual knows it because it is a personal thing. 
And God's Holy Spirit will tell you when all others are looking for every other reason, looking for every other source, you and your spirit as a believer will know it's because you have neglected the things of God. And then God goes on to say, and you earn wages. Earn wages to be put into a bag with holes. So many times when we rob God, we rob God of our time, we rob God of our treasure, we rob God in that we rob God of the obedience that we should give him. Even if it's not in the investment realm, but on the day-to-day employment, on the jobs. On Friday, you see your check. And it looks like you have enough to cover everything that you need. But somehow, before the next paycheck and before you finish paying your bills, you've come up short. You start bringing out your pencils and pens and you start writing down and going online, checking your accounts and, you, and you're saying, where did this money go? And right in the time, while you're doing those figures, while you're adding and subtraction, that still small voice of the Lord said, remember when you neglected me? My house is still not built. My mission is still at hand. Remember when you forgot about me. See what happens when I forget about you. Because this morning in Sunday school, we realized that God is the creator of all things. Not just human beings, animals, and fish, and trees, and land, but he's the creator of social systems, of governmental systems. He's in control of it all. He's in control of your budgets. He's in control of your earning power. He's in control of your health. He's in control of it all because God is the ultimate creator. And so in this text we see that the more they tried to keep for themselves, the less they had. And so God is not doing this because he wants to be a mean God and see his people squirm. But it was just like my dad when he disciplined me back in the day. It was for my obedience, to teach me to be disciplined and obedient. And that is what this is from the Lord. He loves you so much. He knows what's right for us. But we get off track. We start going to the left or to the right when God says go forward and go straight. And so in verse 7 he says, The Lord of hosts says, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. When you think about the things of God, consider your ways in your giving of your time and your treasure. Because God is trying to do something through you and he will get it done. He's not going to fail because Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
So it just makes sense that we learn how to be, be obedient now instead of trying to become obedient later. God is saying to us, we don't have to go through all of this pain. He's already laid out the instructions. We have to just walk in them and be about the Father's business. But I contend as well in this text, when the Holy Spirit has dealt with me this week, is why I ask that we pray with the subject of faith is because I see a lack of faith in the Judeans. I see that their minds were not stayed on the Lord. It was all about what I could do for myself and looking to see when the right time would be to do the things of the Lord. They looked at their accounts and they saw them as being enough for what they were doing. But they said it's not time yet. They wanted to build some great number so they have some excess before they did the work of the Lord in building the temple. But that's not what the Lord is looking for. Is He's not looking for people with great access. He's actually looking for people with lack. He wants us to give out of our poverty so that he can be our riches. Remember in weeks past when the disciples were given out to the 5,000? They didn't have anything to work with originally. But who gave it to them? It was Jesus. And out of every calculation they could have got, there's no way two little fish and five loaves of bread could have 5,000 hungry faith. So that's what the Lord is looking for the contemporary church today. He is looking for us to give out of not our abundance, but out of our lack. Because it's no stretch to give when you have much, but it's a stretch to give when you have little. It's a faith walk then. And so the Lord is saying, without faith it's impossible to please me. But he's saying to us, let's move with the work. Don't procrastinate. Don't have to go through all the pain and anguish of him drying up your investments and opening your pockets and as you put money in, it's like bags with holes. He's saying, I want to bless you according to my riches and glory, but I want you first to be obedient. I want you to do the first things first. And then you can see the fullness of the salvation of the Lord. And so if there's somebody in here today who does not know about this Lord and this God that I'm talking about, I want to introduce him to you today. Almost 2,000 years ago, in the land of Israel, there was a man who the Bible said was the word that became flesh. The before Abraham, I am. And his name is Jesus. He is the Lord of all things. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is the one who is requiring obedience from you. And so if you don't know him, in the pardoning of your sins today. 
Your first step of obedience is to have faith in him. Your first step of obedience is to say, Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And Lord, won't you come in me and live in me? I don't want to live any old kind of way. I don't want to live the way I want to live, but I want to live pleasing to you, knowing that one day I got to meet you at the great white throne. I got to meet you at the place of judgment, but I don't want to be in the group who's going to be cast into hell into the lake of fire and brimstone, but I want to be in the group that's going to be in your presence forevermore. I want to be in that place with the presence of joy and the fullness thereof and at his right hand. I want to be there. Lord, have mercy on me today. If you're in that group, you can call on him today. His arms are open wide. He loved you so much that one Friday evening, he died. He died on that cross for you and for me. Because there was a penalty that we could not pay. But his love was demonstrated that he went through the anguish of being on that cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet. For you and for me. And it's, great. It's, it's a time of gratitude and it's a time to get your heart right with Jesus. Because without him, there is no hope of heaven for you. Everyone got to go by Jesus to get to heaven. But he's saying I paid the ultimate price. And now it won't cost you anything. You can come to him just as you are. And the story went on to say that they took him down from that cross and they put him in a bar tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday for you. And all day Saturday for you. And all night Saturday night just for you. That you would have the right to the tree of life. And he's saying, I paid it all for you. Just give me you. I want all of you and I'll give you all of me. And there's nothing like having all of Jesus because he becomes a peace in the midst of the storm. He's a joy that words can't convey. He's a joy that the world can't give and the world can't take away. But the story didn't end now. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And the story went on to say after a 40-day layover, he stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you interceding for those who know him and saying, Lord, saying, Father, I died for them. But if there's somebody here who has not given their life to him, he's praying for you too. He's praying for you that you'll make the decision to come to him today. There is a room, the doors of the church open, at the cross for you there is a room at the cross 
Won't you come to the Lord today? There is a room at the cross for you. There is a room at the cross for you. ready for our Lord's Supper. Amen. Um, we're not going to do the benediction at this time, but if there are some that we'll have to leave, I understand that for sure as well, but we are going to get ready for our Lord's Supper. Amen. Amen.